Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Meg Talks. Today I have got the gorgeous Emily Colangelo with me, who is the incredible three-time world champion, three-time world champion. Me and you have that in common. That's cute. Um, So we've got loads to talk about. I want to just pick your brains today with loads of different things. How are you? Good. Yourself, Megan? Good. Thank you. You've just come home from Chicago, you were telling me? Yeah. I've been in Chicago for a week, uh, seen a few of my dancing friends. Um, So I'm just getting over the jet lag, but I had a really fabulous time and it was amazing. Very good. And did you get up to any dancing stuff or was it just all fun? It was just all fun. I was away shopping and sp- break bank accounts. So I was right in the bank. Dancing stuff. <laughs> Very good. So you're in a hibernation now. Are you hiding now for a little bit? In my bed all day. Kind of dragging myself out to do a few things. I've been trying to reorganize my room. That's the big thing because the magic clothes I brought home was just like <laughs> mental. So need, need to make some space in the wardrobe for those. Yeah, my bag literally had like a heavy tag on it on the way home. That's connected from the thing. Just like filled so so when you know you've had a good time. That's it. So tell me about the world this year. How was that for you? Because like I bet it was a, a bit of an emotional one. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so emotional. Like, you know, when I finished my set dance, like my mom was crying, like everyone was crying, and I was like, Did I do good? Did I do bad? Like I don't know what I did, but I was just so happy with myself. Like you know, when you know yourself, like that was just like a, like a good, I could finish. So like, I was so happy. And like, like after that, like I didn't, you know, I knew I danced well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that day too was the day one was a bit different now, to be fair. I had a few slips and I fell. Um, oh, did you? I didn't know that. That was on my first round on day one. And so I, that's why I, why I always say, like, if anyone says like, what advice would you give to someone? Like, anybody who has a slip or a trip or anything like you always come back twice as tired because when I did that 16 bars again I got five or four of the 500s and I got a 75 for that just on my that right just on that wow that was on when I came back again so anybody who falls or anything like you know you always come back twice as hard and I came back like a bubble then when I did that 16 bars and I found the last step so (laughs) that was good (laughs) You didn't have to go and do the whole thing again. Well, I wouldn't want me to fall anyways, but you know, you were to fall. <laughs> yeah. Like it, those 16 bars were great. And, and, you know, I came out like a ball then for those two steps and like I got four to five hundreds. Like, and it was unbelievable because I just didn't even think like, I could, you know, get something like that. But you never know. And that's why I say like, whenever you do have any sort of mishap on stage, you always come back twice as hard. Like, even if you don't get a redance, even if it's like a wee trip or anything, like you always come back so hard because like, I think a lot of people like become kind of unconfident or discouraged then from it. And yeah, and that's where the judge will mark you down. They actually don't mark you down on the trip. It's how you recover from it. Yeah. Which is a bit, so I always say like, come back twice as hard. I was going to, I was going to ask about that. So do you feel, did you think about the floor being slippy then after that slip or how did you manage that sort of, what's like the self-talk going on then backstage for you? Well, like I knew, like even before I danced on the stage, everyone was like, oh, it's so slippy, it's so slippy. And 
Do you know, like I always get that a lot, like obsessions and stuff, you know, people are like the floor is slippy. And that's just one thing you have to ignore because that will literally eat you up inside. Yeah. And so that's where you have to kind of like let that, you know, I always say on best days that all the negative thoughts, like, you know, you're controlling that, you're allowing that to enter your head. So it's up to you if you're going to let that bother you and affect your performance because like all the hard work is done, you know, and people always say like, oh, but like I was doing so well and then like I got the nerves got the best of me. But like really on the day, it's all the noisy thinking going on in your head that is affecting you. So like what I do in those situations is just like push that away and, you know, like bring in all the positive self-talk, like all the visualization, just distract yourself, like songs or like lyrics or stuff that you like would love from a song. Like I always had one song in my head all the time. So I'd say that I was constantly saying to myself so that like if anything was to come in my head, I could distract my, you know, my brain from any more. And so that's what I always did. That's sort of like you bring yourself back into the room moment if you feel that coming in. So that's what I was kind of doing with the whole slippery stage situation. Like people were saying it over and over and over again. And I was seeing so many good dancers fall. But yeah, and such a hard thing to come back from after falling. And yes. as seeing so many good dancers falling and, you know, and letting that affect their performance and stuff. And that was hard to see. And that was before I even danced. I mean, it was really, really like mentally challenging to get over that and not let that affect me. But yeah, I think I did. Uh, I recovered pretty well. And I was so shocked to see that I had gotten four of like the 500s because I was just like, oh my God, you know, and it just shows you. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was it was difficult for the judges, wasn't it? Because obviously there were so many people slipping and falling. I think that then it's difficult to judge. You just have to judge the dancing that's in front of you and you can't take marks away from a dancer for slipping on a slippy floor. Like it's not in your control. So but it's, it's hard to think like that as a dancer. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I completely agree with that because, you know, like, I really let that kind of nearly get into my head on day one. And, you know, I did slip and, like, I was just like, that was it then. I was like, no, this just needs to, like, I'm letting this affect me now. So I just came back and came back like a pull and love it. That was, that was it then. I couldn't get over, to be honest. Love that. Tell me, were you like, I am done after this? So going into the world this year, did you know that this was it for you and you were finishing dancing after that? Or what was your thought process? Eventually, I would have loved three. And like, you know, I don't know. I just felt like I was like, I'd love to get three world titles. But, you know, I knew I had like my leave and certain stuff after. So like dancing would have taken a backseat regardless. Yes. So, you know, I'm so grateful to get that third one this year, you know, um, like it was unreal and I was so emotional um but you know I definitely kind of knew that I would be coming towards the end after this one anyways because I had like my exams and I just I wanted to get onto the professional side too because you know my brother Thomas like he's so like amazing and stuff and he's away on the shows the past 18 months as well and he's been great like for advice and stuff so you know, and I've been watching like all the like, amazing places and theatres and like he's been to, like Australian, America and all over Europe. And he's having a great lot- time. Like, and you know, I've, I kind of wanted to do that too. And I was like, you know, like when I'm maybe like 19 or 20 or so, like I'd love to the current, that was always the plan. Yeah. So I knew I was towards the end if it wasn't, like if it was my last worlds or not. Um, But to get that third one, I was just like, yeah, I think I'm ready to you shut the door ready. on this. Yeah, ready to start moving your arms a little bit. <laughs> I know that's a big thing, isn't it? I just like it's so different. You know, I feel like the show dancing is like completely different, and you see like so many like 
dancers maybe that like wouldn't be a strong competitive they and they like are unreal at show dancing like it just depends I had that conversation with Kira Sexton last week on this podcast about like I was three-time world champion going into a show and I was terrible for so long and people are like no you weren't that bad I was let's be honest it took me like a good few years to settle in and then Erin Kate who might have come like 20 or 20 like in the world around that sort of point she went in and it just was her all over so we were talking about like not letting the thought of your placement at a championship stop you from thinking that you can get into a show and be great in that as well so I think that's a nice point that you sort of touched upon that we'd already spoken about which is nice I definitely remember that and the shows like I don't think the shows are about like who's you could be like, 11 time world champion going in like it doesn't matter because that's all about how you're performing how you're interacting in line like lines are a big one like that's something you know you would I would have never done like we wouldn't have done much Kaylee's and stuff so yeah lines are a big like baffle trying to like you know line up with people and stuff like that's a whole new aspect and it's like great you know to get experience you know with those before I go on the shows um, yeah. and I've, I've got a few offers already but you know I'm just kind of like what I want to take the summer off just I've just for exams so yeah like a wee bit of a break summer and um, hopefully come September time I can get on to the show life but I definitely think you know there it's like retraining yourself it's like reteaching yourself dancing pretty much with the show it really is I think nowadays as well competition is a little bit more making myself sound really old here um, but competition is a little more showy like people have a little bit of uh, character almost or like showmanship within their like facial expressions like yeah way more so than when I was competing but it yeah it is it's completely different and it's an amazing transition and when you do it it's it's really nice I'm excited for you of the whole thing you know like instead of like dancing against your friends you know you're dancing with them like that's the whole big thing I'm like so looking forward to because I know like so many like amazing dancers and I'm friends with like so many people across seas like in America and the UK and yeah stuff, and it'll be like so unreal to like dance alongside them you know instead of like dancing against them um, and enjoy yeah enjoy that yeah. together and, and the, sh- the show life is like unmatched like you really just will not experience anything else like it's so you know I haven't actually been on tour yet but I'm really looking forward to doing something along the lines of that so I'm really excited yeah. for you because I'm like you like it's always like my exact journey so I won three world championships did my A-levels and then went straight on tour in the October um, wow so that sounds like it's almost like what you're what your little yeah, plan is that's so cool because yeah, yeah I'm take a break this summer now because like I've made so many sacrifices like over the 15 years of dancing or like ones I chose to make like I didn't yes. you know I wasn't angry about it like I chose to make those sacrifices but you know I'm just kind of want to be a 19 year old this summer and and be free <laughs> and I feel so like sitting at home watching fresh TV on Nans I, I'm just sitting there like I really feel like I should be <laughs> should be doing something yeah do you find it difficult to sit and be still and relax or yeah, I'm actually I'm getting a job now so maybe hopefully you know I'll be working this summer so I won't feel as bad but I feel exams definitely took a toll of me because I was sitting like on my bum literally all day on a yeah. tear and over like and like my neck everything was just so sore and I, I literally the two days after I got home from Montreal I was straight into the books and I didn't stop until like last Friday or two weeks ago Friday it, it was mental so like I kind of just felt like those months were a blur so yeah. it didn't really bother me that I was okay I was still doing something anyways but 
No, like I literally went straight to Chicago once my last exam was done. I got in the bus at like one morning straight to Chicago. And like, I just feel like now I'm just catching up with myself and I'm sitting at home. And I'm like, well, I'm not studying. I'm not dancing. What, what's going on here? How am I doing? <laughs> that actually brings me on to how did you find that sort of balance with, because you spoke, you've spoken quite a lot, like naturally in this conversation already about your education and about that and your exams and stuff like that. It's, it's clear that very important for you. Um, how did you find balancing being at such a high level in dancing and obviously that taking so many sacrifices and prioritising your education too? How did you find that? Well, I actually, I used to go to school on an island uh, off Ireland for like three years. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, it was so weird. Like, but it's like, it's like 15 minutes boat ride. Um, and it's I like 10 like minutes. to school. Yeah, I know. We used to have like, if the wind blew north, we would have like, our school would be closed for the day because like the waves were <laughs> I don't know it's a mad mad thing. <laughs> have like dolphins on the boat and stuff well not on the boat but like some beside us and stuff um, I know I have so many videos but um, like it was metal but like that was a lot and you know like it was a lot kind of coming back from like, we'd have to get the boat back and then you know we'd have to do homework and then go off dancing like it was a lot so it kind of wasn't really feasible enough like with you know like the rise in academics and stuff you know I was getting kind of into the more the educational system when I was going through like exams that I actually didn't have so we do an exam at the end of third year I actually didn't have that it's a state exam because of COVID um so I got lucky but um Thomas missed his leaving cert because of COVID so he got like all predicted grades but he, he was winning then. Um, but he moved when he got to fifth year because um, we do first, second, third, TY. You can skip TY or not and then we do fifth and sixth. And yeah. Thomas moved the local school just on the mainland. It's like 30 seconds from our house. Right. Um, and we back to the school. But anyway, so that's another conversation. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's great. So, um, and then there was loads of subjects as well Thomas could choose from and stuff. So, you know, he moved there. So I was kind of left there. And my best friend at the time as well in the school on the island, she moved to that school because there was, you know, again, a lot more subjects and more people and stuff. And I was then left to do my <laughs> last things now. So I was ready to go. I just, you know, it was a really small school as well. So like it was, it's a really good skill too. You know, don't get me wrong. Like the yeah. teachers showed up there. But, you know, my brother had moved and my best friend had moved then. So I was like, you know, I think, I'm going to move over um, and you know it was very hard as well you know and you know in this school like there's a lot a lot of homework and stuff and you know any that I got I was using them to my best ability like you know doing any homework any studying anything that I could do because I had dancing in the evening and especially like if there was fetches that weekend and I was yeah. away the whole week I, I was never the, the person to come into school on the Monday morning saying oh I had a the weekend I couldn't do my homework like I was like I always got it done in some way I could because yeah. Even myself, like it's not like a chore to do it, you know, like your homework is a learning opportunity for you. So, you know, I always kind of took that any time I had a free class, any free bit of time I had, it was to do homework and to get that done. So like go to dancing or have uh, fetches and stuff. And it was uh, very hard, you know, and like and on the island and stuff, because I had to get a boat out and doing homework on the boat wasn't great. <laughs> homework on the boat to school. I've heard it all now. I have heard it all. It sounds like that was from you and from your own internal, like wanting to make sure you got it done. Um, it sounds like everything that you do, you sort of do to a high level or you hold yourself to a high level of expectation. Which, yeah. 
clearly shows through in how successful you have been and I'm sure will continue to be in many ways or whatever you sort of choose to do. By the sound of this conversation, I can just hear that you you don't yeah, stop until yeah. it's done well and done right. Well, like, I just kind of love being organised and, you know, I think the dancing really helps academically as well because you're, you've already got that discipline, like, you are a perfectionist. So I take that out of my work, so I do. Um, and, yeah, like, I know, like, it's hard as well studying and doing dancing at the same time. Like, I find that was really, really tiring. But, you know, the, the dancing had to take a backseat after the world because, you know, it's like it's important. I'm glad it's over though. <laughs> yeah, but you are. I remember that that year was really difficult for me. That sort of same year, A levels in the UK, and it's like you're 18. Everybody like that's another question, I suppose. How do you how did you juggle, or did you just was that one of the main sacrifices your social life? Because you obviously we get to this age, 18, yeah. 19 younger even social life and being with your friends becomes a little bit more important to us it's yeah. it is a big sacrifice how did you manage that well like I wouldn't be a wild person for going out and drinking like that wouldn't really be my thing like as yeah. a dancer we're not really good at drinking we've got very low <laughs> <we're> tolerance <laughs> yeah. you know I wouldn't have been a drinker at all and um especially with COVID and stuff like you had to be really careful going out too but yeah like I think lockdown really uh, tamed me down a bit. I, I loved going out, you know, and socialising stuff before that. And I think just being at home and stuff, like, I love, you know, sitting in and, like, getting work done. Like, I, w- I wouldn't just stay in every single day of the week. But, like, I love going out with my friends too, but it, it didn't really bother me too much. Like, missing big parties. I mean, like, when the 18th were kind of coming up, that was a bit annoying. Like, because yeah. I was training. But, like, again, you, could, you can't really afford to be drinking and then, you know, going out and yeah. done next morning like and if I was to go out like I was it was always a rule that I went dancing before on the Friday night and this is before lockdown um I was like 15 it was like the underage yeah <laughs> don't tell anyone and uh we were um we go I would have to go dance it was always a rule between me and mom like you were always going to dance on the Friday night and then you can have your night then but yeah it, 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 we're kind of going out much now um like especially dance the next morning. Like, yeah, um, and that was that was exactly the same for me. My mum would be sat outside the party at midnight. She'd be like, you can go, but <laughs> I will be there at midnight and you will be in that car at home because dancing was at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and you had to be there. So it's almost like you get, you get it's, it's hard that because you get a taste of it almost as in get to be there and then it's almost just getting good when you have to leave. But like it sounds for you, for me, my priorities were really clear and I knew what I wanted to do. And if I wanted to do it, that was what I had to do. So, well, I think like definitely like, you know, when you haven't gone out in a while and I always love, you know, like staying in doing my work, like grinding really, really hard for a good few months dancing. And then like you show up and I was like, oh my God, like, I haven't seen you. And like, it's so, and I love that. Yeah. I don't like the person that goes out every single weekend. And it's just like, same thing. It's like, I couldn't physically do that to myself. So, yeah, I think it's, um, I love as well, you know, when you haven't been going out and then you go to like the worlds and stuff and you get those like all the dancers just kind of like bundled together after. I think that's like a really special moment for me because like before the worlds, I literally didn't go out at all. Um, I was just studying and dancing. Like I just couldn't even go out. And um, I like, I remember like in Montreal, like then literally the night I'd won and like all the scandals, like all of us. like Oh, that looked like such a good night. I remember it, seeing the videos of that. It was great. Like, and that's the bit I love the most. I think dancers like work together. It's really special because we all have that in common. 
Yeah. And like I have good friends here too, but I think that, you know, going on night sight with dancers is, I think it's top tier. Yeah. And we're all very similar, like characters. I, I think like we all, no, I'm going to say a few things here. I hope everybody agrees. Like quite easy going, a bit fun, like up for a laugh, like don't really take ourselves too seriously. I feel like that's like the the common ground. Yeah. Uh, I think all right, I, whenever all the dance. It really is. And that's why I think tour is so special as well. Like you mentioned earlier, because you you get to sort of live that daily, which is insane. Um, I'm so excited for you. I'm like, you can have the best time, literally. Talking back to, let's say, the world, what would be like your, and I know this one's slightly different because it was travel to Montreal. So maybe not the world, but let, let's say a week in the run up to a major. Yeah. What would be your, like, what? where would your priority be? How would you run that week in the in the run up to the event? Well, like before I won my first world title in 2019 in Greensboro, um, I wasn't really doing, I was just dancing six days a week. It was like pretty intense. I wasn't really doing core or I wasn't doing condition strength work. I was getting every morning doing a plank thinking that was going to help me. Uh, <laughs> Listen up, guys. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was just doing the same thing every morning, and then, you know, like 2019 was such an amazing year. Like I won every major, apart from the Netherlands. I didn't go to the Netherlands, and I couldn't go to the Great Britons because my teachers were judging. So any oh, yeah. major that I went, I had won. But like, I mean, the pressure kind of started building up then. And like, as I said, I was training six days a week, and then kind of lockdown came, and I was like. I kind of took a step back and I reevaluated the whole dancing thing, like the reasons why I love to dance. And I also took a personal trainer. And this was fun. This was all for fun. Like my, my mom and I would just kind of be saying like, oh, no, like what can we do to keep fit? Like, you know, you can't keep doing your pants every morning. Like, come on, like do something else. And I kind of was like a few of the girls had started like this girl at the time. And I was like, oh, you know, I might jump in for a session or two. And, and was this on Zoom or was this in real life then? It was like when we had the break, right? Um, yeah, it was when we had the break between, like, we were kind of in and out of lockdowns in a way, like we were like, yeah. kind of go and then we'd go back again. So this is where I started the PT and I kind of just evolved from there. It was something so fun. Like I was only doing it because like I could see so many girls doing like actual workouts every day and I was doing a plank and I was like, I need to do something myself. I need to mix this up a bit. That's what you were. I'm not joking like when I came out and locked out I was a completely new dancer like I looked strong on the outside when I won that world like everyone says your legs like they're so but that's just by genes like my dad literally has those like Italian legs I, I was so weak on the inside it was ridiculous like I don't know what would be an easy session to start off with and I was so sore the next day and right. that's when like strength thing comes in so much with dancing really? as that then started so usually I would have trained six days a week but now with the PT like this is before like maybe a month or two before majors I would do two PTs a week and I would do three days a week and then once like the major comes closer yeah I'd drop a session because like the strength work and everything's I got the strength and I take that session up as a dancing session yeah and or that's where I get and that's literally my training regime before majors. I would do the PT twice a week and then the dancing three and then right. drop one and one and then four. So and that's so interesting to hear your you had won a world championship and then in hindsight you're like, Whoa, like I have now unlocked so much more within myself by cross training. 
Yeah, like, that's so important. Like, I could not stress it enough. Like, like some dancers would like, benefit from it, you know. Yeah. And we talk about it a lot in, in our movie Make Gold Club. Like we do strength. There's a strength class on a Monday. And it's each month focuses on a different sort of area of dance. So the last month um, of June, we were doing, I might have got this wrong now. Was it June that I did that? Um, we were doing like jump height and the difference in the dancers from the, the first session to the last, because we just each week would do the same workout and we build it up and build it up. And it's then understanding how to switch the right muscles on, even little things like that. Dancing across the floor and just telling somebody to jump is one thing. Learning the right muscles to even engage. It's not, yeah. Sometimes it's not even getting stronger. It's knowing and understanding your own body more. That's what, that's the big thing as well. You know, and like everyone, like I would have never been a light dancer. Like never, I would always have been a heavy dancer. And like yeah. literally my, my lights were pretty much on par with my heavies because of that. Because like of I that was, strength. So much more explosive, like everything. I was, I was loving my reel. Like a reel was like, I would have never been a real dancer. Like everyone, if even a, I did a like a good light round, it would have been a slip jig. I hated my slip jig. I loved my reel. Like it was yes. like it completely changed. And like I literally, my reel was like unreal. And I was like, like all like the jumping. I was like the like, box jumps and like oh, all like, yeah, power work. Yeah, that I've been doing with my PT and Marie. Yeah, so grateful for like. Um, for years before that like it was all through lockdown I was religiously like I was up at her but then we had to actually go on zoom and it was all like body weight stuff like she had dropped a few because she only lives like a few doors down but she dropped a few weights but it was literally mostly all body weight stuff yeah and that's where I got a lot of the strength from too you know I was I was literally religiously doing it like three days a week because I wasn't really a class I had no yeah. competent pressure or anything you know and so it was I was just solely focusing on that and that's where I got it from and it's so interesting as well. I was actually, I'm writing an article at the moment for the Irish Dancing Magazine talking about what people should be doing in the like summer down period. And like you just said, you could really sort of focus on that strength side of things because yeah. there wasn't a major to be working towards. So it's like almost like taking a step yeah. back and working on the foundations again, isn't it? Yeah. And it's really hard in the dance in the dance year to get the opportunity to do that. And COVID sort of gave a lot of people that opportunity to sort of strip it all back and take it back yeah. to basic. So it's like trying to learn from that, but put it into your dance calendar for the year. So like the summer is a perfect time. Once Nans is done for a lot of the US and once say, let's say the Brit British nationals, it's a bit harder for the Irish at the moment with the Irish nationals moving. Yeah. But that little period is the time to be doing those things, working on your strength, working on your alignment, working on your mobility, all the yeah. things you can't focus on when yeah. the season is in. A hundred percent, Megan. Like I completely agree with you there. You know, I, COVID gave me such a good time and it, like it was that perfect amount of time, you know, to get something like that done. And I couldn't imagine doing something like that, like in a fest year where I had like loads of options. So like it really, really gave me a good, you know, opportunity to, you know, like one up myself and a lot of like my friends um, that I visited in America and stuff, like they're like mad as well. They're like, what plan are you doing and stuff? And like before I went over my my PT and I kind of made something just so small up for them yeah. um, and I gave it to them That's and like cool. I get on to doing some of that stuff now. And like it's only, it's literally the basic stuff, but like, yeah. I, you know, I went my friend like how to do it and stuff, but yeah. it, everything was good. But you know, like that's what like after Nans is like a prime opportunity to go down to ground level and just work, work yeah, into your way. Work your way up. 
another thing that I, I just want to highlight in how you were speaking then is that you also, and I listen to the high performance. Do you ever listen to the high performance podcast? No, I haven't listened to it. It's really interesting. It's just loads of different sports people, uh, business owners, but just interviewed about sort of how they got to where they are and et cetera. Um, but they always highlight that all of these high performers just take responsibility and they take the opportunities that are in front of them. COVID was a rubbish time also, but you you spoke so highly of it. Do you know, like that that comes naturally because you hold yourself accountable and you are responsible for your own actions and you don't blame something else. Yeah, Lots of people that struggle to achieve bigger things, a lot of it is down to that mentality of, oh, well, we had COVID that year. Oh, well, yeah. I had COVID, so I didn't really... It's yeah. that blame game almost. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's, that is something that people need to realise themselves. How do they see things? Can you change that? That's a fixed mindset. Yours is a growth mindset and you are go, go, go. And that's why all of these things happen for you. People will say you're lucky. People will say you're natural, naturally talented. But it takes a lot to have that growth mindset among yeah. all of the challenges that life throws at us and COVID being one of the biggest ones that we all went through. Yet yeah. People still use it as a, well, you know, we had COVID in our career. It's like you had yeah. COVID and you recreated yourself as a dancer. So. Yeah. I think like mindset is definitely a big thing when it comes to dancing, you know, like especially on fest days too, like as I say, like, you know, everything that happens in your head, like if you, like anything you blame on a fest, that's coming from you, like my wig sore, like, oh, my legs sore, or my hands aren't right. Like, those are the things that bother you. Or yeah. COVID, that you were saying about, like, you have all these excuses and that's coming from inside you. You're making that excuse up yourself. And like, then again, you have the ability to let that affect you and you yeah. grow from that. You can, on a festival, you can, you know, just think to yourself, no, no, like, I'm going to, I'm not going to let that bother me. Look at all the work I've been putting in the past few months. Like, that's just something inside my head that it's a thought that's coming inside your head. You're turning that into an emotion. So you're anxious, you're nervous, you're worried. Yeah. And then that's performance. And that is actually really, actually very interesting. I went to, just before the world in 2022, my Nana had just passed away and um, like oh. three, three days prior to like me competing. It was like, oh, mental. sorry about that. That sounds tough. But like I had gone to, so I was kind of going to this um, kind of motivational kind of mindset uh, yeah. person, um, kind of sports psychologist. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a few weeks before that, like um, that I kind of talked to him just before, after she died. And it was just before, because he just like, it was literally a chat. Like it was not like what's inside you. Like it was just like, how are you feeling? Like chat. Just, yeah. And he was telling, he had done a really, really interesting exercise with me. And it just shows you like anything that happens on any day of the week or any fest days, like it's all coming from thoughts. So he was like, think of something or someone that like uh, would make you happy or, you know, makes you feel good. And so like I was closing my eyes and like I felt so warm and like I was happy and you could see it on my face. I was smiling and he was like, good. And he was like, think of someone or something that, you know, would make you feel bad or, you know, sad or something. And I kind of felt my chest tighten up a bit and he was like, now, he didn't say anything at all to me. That came all from within inside my... I turned that thought that I was creating inside my head through my imagination into an emotion and that affected me physically. So yeah. that just shows what happens to you on a fest day. Like, you know, yeah. you think of something, you turn that into an emotion, you're going to feel sad, you're going to feel worried. And that's where I got like, you know, once you're aware of that, I think that's the big thing, you know, because you're thinking if you're anxious, you can literally just 
take a step back and think, hold on, like now I'm aware of this. I can fix this. I can let it affect me. You know, it's that completely changed my mindset. Like once I became aware of things that was bothering me or things that made me anxious, like like I was able to just push them away and just think, you know, again, think of something positive or, you know, that self-talk, the lyrics, the motivational songs, like anything yes. keep occupied from those thoughts. So it's almost like a superpower, isn't it? It's like you had that realisation that you were in control of that. Yeah. He and it sort of showed you that, didn't he, by making you do that exercise. He was like, you, you are choosing which one of these you want to be right now. It's amazing. And I think like dancers, like visualisation, like all that before, like, it is so powerful. Like it's unbelievable the effects it can have. And I think like my whole mindset changed like during lockdown, especially with like I was more mature coming out and I had grown and you know what um I used to put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, you know, the year before that, the 2019. Yeah. I won all these majors after each major started getting harder, like the pressure was really, really building up. And yeah. You know, I was putting more kind of pressure on myself to maintain the whole world champion title thing and to, you know, meet everyone's expectations and actually dancing for the love of it. Yeah. And that's really it really hit me. And then all that in twenty twenty, uh, I came third and then lockdown hit. So I really, you know, had a, an opportunity to kind of step back. And that's where I kind of grew to love dancing more. And like there was no pressure with competitions. I was dancing with my mom every day, like, and she was so helpful. Like, and she gave me the best advice. And my teachers, like, we we're all just chatting on Zoom, and like, it was so, it was so nice. And I was like, oh, I'm like, this is actually, this is fun. Like, this is great. Yeah, read about pressure and nerves and competition, and I have to win. Like, like who cares if I don't win? Like, I just want to go out yeah. and jump yesterday where I came from after that like my I was so relaxed coming to competitions and like it just I enjoyed it so much more um, and it's so interesting that you say that because I genuinely can feel that when I watch you like (laughs) I think you can feel that you relax and you can feel that you're enjoying it like you can't buy that that you you can't train that that's amazing I think you dance best well I dance best when I'm enjoying it like like if I come back from stage like especially that set dance I did the world this year like I came down and I I just knew I enjoyed it. Like I didn't, yeah. I couldn't care less what the teacher said. Yeah, you're like, ah, I had a great I, time and that's I all that matters. Fall on stage. And that's why I say like, you know, when you're dancing on stage, you're showing everyone the spirit of who you are. Like you're showing everyone your passion for dance. Like you're not that. someone, you're not there to like get a certain mark. You're not like, it's just, I think people get so consumed over that. And I think when you take a step back, like I did during lockdown, and like reevaluate every single thing, like it completely changes you. Like Annabelle, um, our mindset coach, when she works with um, dancers, she she was talking to me about it the other day. She said, "Sometimes I'm just like, why do we care so much about what one person writes on a piece of paper, like yeah. and one number on a piece of paper, and it can change our mood, how we feel about ourselves, our self worth, like all these crazy things." It's a stranger writing a number on a piece of paper. How are we going to let that impact us for the next year, for the rest of our lives, for all of these things? We need to take control like that is and enjoy dancing for the enjoyment of dancing. It is a competitive sport. So, of course, we are going to want to achieve certain things. But I think if you have that root within you, then you're going to achieve anything that you set your mind to because people can feel that happiness and can feel that love for it. Like good dancers, like being, like they, they might not get ever the result they want in the competitive, like, you know, dance, but when they leave that, they see like them doing so many other like amazing things. Like they, like 
maybe, you know, dancing, you know, you might not have got your goal in dancing, but like you are going to get it somewhere else. Like, you know, I feel like people are talented in so many other ways than they think. And outside dancing, like, you know, like I remember Amy May, like she had won the world and then I think she got second a good few times and yeah. she never got that world title in the end. But like she's leading her on side, like you see, so he's cool. That's what I mean, you know, and I think like sometimes you have to take a step back and think it's only Irish dancing. Like, you know, like people just get very consumed with it. So yes, I think, I think you just have to reevaluate it and just enjoy it more than anything. And let the result bother you because it's not worth letting that affect. It is not. I love that. Finally then, because I feel like I could chat to you all day. And I think this is really, well, I don't even know how I would answer this question. So Let's see what you've got for me. Um, what is one thing about being a world champion that you wish everybody knew? Um, I think it takes a lot more courage to maintain like the expectations of, you know, everyone, like because you're a world champion than you think. Like, I think it's harder to keep it yes. than that winner for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I think like one stage, like um, I'm never saying to myself in the head, like I'm the world champion because I think for anyone that's a world champion, like that adds so much pressure, <laughs> like the title, the label, like that just like when I go on stage, like I said, like I go out to just enjoy it. Like I don't go out and say, well, I'm the world champion. Like, like that just immediately comes out, like that just disappears when I get on stage. Like I just go yeah. out to, so I think like trying to keep it and you know, the second time was, you know, very hard because we had like lockdown and everything in between it and him yeah. and Nana died like three days before I competed. So like it was so intense, but I think it's, it's very, people don't realise how hard it is to actually keep it. Yeah. I think that's where you see um, a lot of dancers kind of going down, like they win something and then like they, it's, it's your, it's your head that's driving at the end. That it is. Like, and you know, a lot of people like, you know, could have the head for like for that first title, but it's like a whole, like my whole mindset had to change to get that second one like I 100% so much like I went through full lockdown of like completely changing my lifestyle mindset yeah. like maturity like maturity wise like my whole everything just changed and I think that's where I kind of got the mindset of like just going out to enjoy it like that second world title that I went out to dance like I did not care if I wanted it or not I just went out enjoyed it and that was a big thing so I think as well people win like such a big title and like maybe when they're so young then they put like a lot of pressure on themselves to keep winning. But really not about that at the end of the day. Like if you come second, like it's not the end of the world, you know, or if you come for like, you know, I think it's all about how you enjoy it at the end of the day. And I think maintaining that title is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I It's so funny. I, when I won my first, I went back to dance class expecting there to be like this big party and everyone to be like, just all <laughs> chilling out kind of like, and my dancing teacher gave us the, one of the hardest classes. And I was like, what is going on? And he said, and he was like, we're working now for next year. I was a bit like, oh, oh, it's the party over. Like it was just straight back in. He said, this is going to be even harder. He said, you thought you worked hard last year. This is going to be the hardest year you will ever have. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want this anymore. But it is that shock of, oh, now there's only one way I can go that title where people are looking to you and yeah I, I would completely agree that that is way harder than anyone sort of can comprehend comprehend until you're in that situation I was um I was fighting like, to get first like I was second 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 for years and 
I was just kind of like, oh, come on, like, I really, really want this. And then when I got it, it was just so unreal. But then I was like, oh, like, how do I keep fighting to win? Because this is completely different. And that's where everything changed, like yeah. mindset, everything. And that's, I think, where you see some dancers that win. Mm-hmm. And they can't, they don't have the head to go do it again because it's the pressure at the end of the day. It's, yeah. It's oh, this is like, watch Bull Hulk was silent and everyone's like, this is the world champion. And it's, it's, so you can feel like the, just the tension in the room, you know? Yeah. So it's get the, your head drives the performance at the end of the day. It does. It's like a really big, um, but yeah. Oh, well, that that was a great answer. Well done. <laughs> you basically told my answer and I didn't even know it. Um, so there you go. But that was, like I said, I think I could have spoken to you for hours on end there about loads of things. I want to pick your brains on loads of things. But thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure that all of our dancers listening have really enjoyed that conversation. Um, tell them where they can find you if they want to come and have a little look at your social media, maybe. Yeah. Um, thank you. At Emily Rose Colangelo is my... <laughs> the lol- but how did you come up with that? Yeah. Oh, I don't know now, to be fair. And everyone comes in, Emily Rose, Emily Rose, but I actually don't have a middle name. That's a fun fact. I That was my confirmation name that I... Oh, so Rose isn't there. your middle name? No, it's a patient name. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was I just going to say, Rose is my middle name. Oh, I really wish. No, I wouldn't give it a middle name. Uh, <laughs> well, I like it. It's got a radio. Yeah, I, I put that Rose in for my confirmation and I was like, oh, just stick it in the Instagram. Instagram is so old. It's like 12. I don't even know. Like I've had it since I was about 12. It's so old. So I don't know. I'm surprised I haven't got hacked at this point. It's just, hope I don't. Don't tempt fate. Don't tempt fate. <laughs> It's a, it's a unique one, definitely. It's a long one, though. It's a long one, one yeah. Someday. Search Emily and surely we'll find it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with everything in the future. We can't wait to see you dancing around the stage, showing off that big smile somewhere, some point um, in the future. So good luck with everything. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at movewithmeg with two Gs. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash Fesh Day Warm Up to access your free video. See you next time.